Jerry just went my a classic start or end of every episode. (laughs) What's up, guys? Uh, Hey, uh, I am Litho Freeman, and I'm Anthony Trevliante, and welcome to week six of the Along the Watchmen podcast. A little less drunk than the PPD last week. (laughs) Totally. I hope uh, whoever listened to that. You know, I there's I probably going to be a new revised version up there. So if you heard the uncut version, which contains three minutes of end dialogue that is irrelevant to anything involving the story sure. of the Watchmen, but we're back. Um, yes. in week six, super heavy. Bada bing, bada. Uh, the call called the century made on Petapedia two or yes. three has been proven to be true. Yeah, yeah. Let me get a high five for that. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, we got. You guys hear that? That's a little peek yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> um, that, was, hey, that was a hot that, call, man. That made. Like, I mean, we've been hitting a lot of calls, but, like, I was truthfully scared my ignorance was going to shine on this. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, we're pretty, we make bold, confident calls. all, And it's like, yeah. we've been wronged a lot. For sure. Not with just this show, but no, with but other like things. in life. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought, yeah, we're like, learning. maybe I'm being ignorant here, but nope. Fucking had it right up to the T. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, totally. It. Great call. <laughs> um, Let's rate the episode. What was your rating? Uh... I gotta go a nine. A okay. nine? Yeah. Uh, it was good. Um, <laughs> this is a tough rating for me. Yeah. I'm gonna go eight and a half because I was b- tossing between eight or nine. That's fair. I love it because it was like a totally different thing. That's like one reason I love it is like the noir. Like you know, I'm a sucker for like noir stuff, so it went Most that definitely. way. And I thought it was cool, and they like did it like a mo- it was like a movie in an episode. Yeah. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Another like amazing backstory given in one hour's time. Um, and I think you brought up the point uh, before we got on uh, the mics, how it was, it was so linear. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was expecting that either. I was yeah. really like surprised, um, especially on, I guess, second viewing. Cause the first viewing I was in like awe, you know, the whole time. Yeah. That was the first time you and I have watched an episode yeah, that, together. There was this like a, a vibe in the room watching it yeah like and it was like it was a really i'm glad that was our first episode to watch together because it was totally. just like such a uh, an experience to watch compared to the other ones yeah i um, was really uh god i was really happy um they basically just like hit the build in a weird way hmm. which i'm glad is episode six like they could have like a crappy TV show would have pulled who is like Will Reeves out till the end. Most definitely, and they have three more. That'd have been like a last episode type of. Review. And like even some other, they're like this, like tied a lot of like basically now you're at this point where they've like dropped you where you understand the characters pretty much. Yeah, and you're at this point in the story of like figuring out what happens next. It's almost like to use your box analogy from i think jj abrams oh yeah it's like now you want to know it's in the box now the Again. box is hot yeah the box yeah. is hot there, hot are, there are advantages the to the box when it's done you know when it's done well dude totally. it's like it's it's such a good ant like i actually been watching some film noir because i'm trying to write what what was simply a sandwich too but will not be simply a sandwich too um, new beginnings <laughs> something different but yeah. i've been watching some of the old ones on um amazon prime i think the big combo i just watched and it's like the whole story is like what's in the box yeah and they like it's such a classic and if you do it right for sure i think classics like that require like classic approaches and i think people try to get cute with classic approaches which then makes them shitty or vice versa Hmm. because like with 
the noir stuff, it was like those aren't like great, like amazing stories. They're just real in their they rely heavily on the look and they like yeah. do stuff like that. And it was like, then these like simple stories worked and it's like, for sure. They yeah. tried to put a simple story in a complex situation. And then it's now a Nike box. Yeah. And you know, the Nikes are in totally yeah. when they, the, the kind of mundane shots, I think that you're referring to that I think would be called mundane now compared to like some cinema, you know, um, like, uh, what's the, what's the Falcon that you and I watched? The Maltese Falcon. Oh, yeah. Think of those, like, those shots. They're very just, like, simple. Every Like you were saying, everything is very simple. Uh, but the look and the acting, you know, the acting is so, like, heavy and stern. And you're just, like, in there. There is no time for lollygagging. There's no jokes. You know, if they are jokes, they come in a very serious type yeah. of way. Um, a lot of motions yeah. used now. I know I've been talking. I've been thinking about using more motion in my shooting, but I'm still like I'm not like a tripod lock shooter. Yeah. But it's like I shoot a lot of like pretty steady stuff and like pretty classic stuff. It's like For I don't sure. know. It's like why? Like I have that gimbal, you know, and it's like I don't use it as much as I thought I would. Hmm. Like you would think you'd bust out all the time, but it has a look to it, and it's like yeah, it does. It's not the look you want all the time. Not all the time, especially if you're doing. Um, you know, more freelance gigs where, mm -hmm. you know, you're working for someone else. They want more of those steady shots. I think I as totally an editor, agree. you could probably like relate to this, but as an editor and a shooter of the same project, it's like, if you know it, ha I mean, I guess if you work separately, you can understand this too, but if the, if the shots have motion, the edit's got to have like, it's like, what's driving yeah. the motion, the shooting totally. or the editing? What's that? I mean, and I yeah, guess what's I'm your like, cut I guess I like try to cut, I cut more motion than I cut. As everyone should. That's what we're taught. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? That's uh, like this, my classic, like, like I don't shoot motion. I cut motion. Yeah. But I think that's better. I like it better. And I think no, like it, to your point, when that's you're shooting what you those see points. in noir and like. Most definitely. And it, it makes you, it just makes you study the scene a lot more. I think, um for myself i've shot i've i've been moving more towards the constant motion since seeing birdman and seeing like how well it can be done speaking of birdman how fucking birdman was this Ooh, episode i didn't even talk yeah, to you last dude. night about this because i was like half falling asleep by the end of it we tried to get through stone cold and the undertaker broken skull <laughs> ranch which was fucking killer that I was all asleep by like three for all the wrestling away. fans out there check yeah, that one a lot out. of shoots yeah but uh what a Birdman episode totally. i was like did the i almost said i didn't want to talk during it but i was like did the director do this yeah like i wouldn't have been like even the music with the fucking no dude i have a i have a whole like line we'll of notes that. We'll about that, that. but yeah. yeah i'm glad you brought that up because like dude i thought the same thing i was like wow <laughs> that's like what cinema like on top of it all it was like a noir Birdman, which is just like yeah. cinematically everything i ever want for sure and, and then like it my and my that was an episode i should give it a 10 for my own personal enjoyment because i was right and i saw two very cinematic were. things i liked totally i didn't feel as victory after the episode though it no was a dark episode yeah yeah very dark and they touched on you know a lot of subjects and i'm very happy that they did i don't want to jump you ahead know. but i thought like him getting hung scene was like some of the more like that was just more like of the heavy, impressive. visceral shit. It was just crazy film work, man. Yeah. Like, it was some really, like, hard shit. Most definitely. Like, they They've made you pushing feel, it like, hard. shitty. Yeah. You know, which is, like, that was that was the one thing, like, jo I saw Joker. I think it's overrated. Not, like, overrated, but, like, get over it. <laughs> How it, did it, it make a billion dollars? I don't understand. It's, like, I mean, it's a good film, but it didn't. 
there's films what other film was like this i said this about venom if i go see a film and i liked it but then i have to go why was it a superhero film that's what ruins it for me. Right. It's like, I don't think this gave any advancement to the Joker character. It's like the Joker didn't, like, Christopher Nolan did the let's make the Batman real thing, which was cool. And it's like, they kind of try to do this with that, but it's not as cool. Yeah. It's just like a story about a fucked up guy. Who ends up being a, the Which Joker. again, it's like, for it, it's not a bad movie, but like Venom, I did not like Venom, except it was Venom. Right. It was like, why does this have to be Venom? Why can't no. it just be like an alien species? Dude, I thought the same thing uh, about Solo. Yeah, uh, same. You That's know like, what I mean? Like, we need like, to make a genre for Like, Solo is a great... If that was about... That was a decent If that was about movie. Rebel, Rebel, Spy, Tony, Atlas... If it just didn't have the Star Wars name. It could have had the Star Wars name if it wasn't fucking Han Solo. Yeah, if it was I think anyone, you're right. If it was like Rogue Two... Yeah. It would have been yeah, a yeah. decent Rogue 2. I'd have been, been like, Rogue 1 was better, Rogue 2 was decent. Totally. Because it hit all the hot points. It was cinematic. It didn't look bad. No one could say that. Uh, I think the writing, you know, I think we both could agree. The writing was, like, pretty acting bad. Acting was pretty decent. Yeah, acting was fucking good. Uh, they pulled in some really good cameos. Uh, shout out to Donald Glover, who I yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Um, but, yeah, the it was just unnecessary. And I think that was the overall dri- driving point. You know, and I think that's what you're saying with like the Joker and like all that. It's just like, why is this name attached to this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides to, you know, put butts in seats. That's, that's what it is. Because no <laughs> one would have went about. and seen the Joker if it wasn't the Joker. For sure. Like if it was like, no, I think Joaquin Phoenix plays a deranged guy. I think all the film snobs like us would have gotten seen. I think we'd have been, I haven't seen it yet, but I did intend to. So if it, and I think what's holding me back is like it's the Joker, <laughs> you know. But if it was Joaquin Phoenix, who's freaking amazing, you know, it's awesome. I mean? His acting's it's an awesome yeah. movie. Dude, it's just he's like great. If it if it was just an art house movie, I think I would have been. It was kind of like I think this is a weird thing because he's a big guy, but like it was like his coming <laughs> to the world. Like now everyone knows who Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is, but the performance was a classic Joaquin Phoenix performance, for sure. Which not to like say it was good or like bad in that no. regard, but it's what it was you like. That what's that movie where he's he's uh it's got I can't think of the dude's name. It's the guy from the Hunger Games who passed away because of an overdose. Huh. But he's in a lot of other shit. I just can't think of what it is. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Seymour, okay, yeah. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix, and they're like basically uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this crazy cult. And, like, Joaquin Phoenix is just mixing, like, chemicals together and, like, makes, boot, like, alcohol out of them. And, like, huh. it's a really weird movie. Ray loves it and showed me it. But it's, like, basically this movie in a weird way. Like, he plays this really deranged guy who's, like, fucked up and doing all this. And it's not, yeah. it's, like, dark. But right, right. the cinematography is great, though. There's a lot of really uncomfortable scenes in The Joker. So Good. But... I don't remember even where that went. Yeah, yeah. Tying this back, tying that back around. Should have a six pack coming soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I think we got off by like saying how uncomfortable you know a lot of scenes in this mm-hmm. uh, episode was. Yeah, right. The hands and like, in. you know, for for the black guy in the room, dude. This I'm happy they like touched on a lot of shit. I uh, thought, yeah, very and, like, like really called it out in its face. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that was very like strong writing. This episode was directed by. Uh, Stephen Williams, Stephen Williams, yeah. Um, I think that was like a very bold decision on HBO's part, uh, to let it go through. Um, you know, I don't know how much 
they changed from the original writing, of course, but it was a very like visceral experience. I don't think punches weren't. I'm trying to think. I'm gonna say the saying wrong. I don't think they pulled any punches. Yeah, yeah that's how I say it. I was like, I don't think punches were thrown. I think a couple of punches were beaten. Yeah. No, but I thought. I mean, there was uncomfortable scenes in there, you know, totally. and it's like it hit on real world stuff, and it showed how real world. It was interesting. It's interesting. Oh, this is some Peterpedia shit. It's uh, interesting. <laughs> Basically, he was the first superhero. Yeah. And then, God, I was gonna say Magneto, but it's not it. Uh, Metropolis. Yeah. Captain Metropolis. <laughs> What's Magneto yeah. from? Is that from? Uh, that's incredible. X-Men. Oh, all right. Yeah. Just tune in. <laughs> that dude basically saw Hooded Justice and was rich and became that guy. Totally. Whose name again escapes me because I'm fucking not remembering. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking of fucking Mysterion or that's Mysterion. From, that's from South Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. But he basically like you see in the Pedopedia's episode coming next that he was like a rich um private school kid who like uses shit yeah uh, but he did give it he didn't pay it back he did pay it forward hmm. which i'll save that for the pdpedia's but pdpedia coming um, next <laughs> yeah but like i don't know it's like interesting to see that like that concept was also taken from him for you sure. know just like it was i don't know yeah no no there's like, they're like very they touched on every like so many subtle points in american history without the majority of it. What being was that one over, piece of paper the on the screen? Oh, the Nazi rally at MSG, dude. Do yeah. you remember that? Wow, dude. dude. That has to be real. They've no, been, they were like, using you uh, real newspapers. Yeah, legit. I know. Yeah, but it's like I just know from like hearing the director, like how, how or the writer, how much they wrote already in the history that there's no way that'd be fake. But it's like, yeah, man, it's crazy. Wow. Um. So yeah, let's jump into it, yeah, Facebooks. Yeah, yeah. Um. So episode six. This Extraordinary Being is the title. Uh, and before the e- episode even starts off, <laughs> they get into, uh, they show this in the in the classic uh, Watchmen font on screen. This episode make, uh, contains scenes with a strobing effect that could affect photosensitive viewers, which I thought was interesting because it, I was like expecting like that being a huge part of the episode. And it was only in like three minutes. Not yeah. Even. Like at the very end. When I started reading that, I was expecting it to address how edgy the episode was. Yeah, which dude, I didn't know I was going to be I thought they were going to play like an inside joke. Yeah, of them yeah. using uh the yeah the yeah. American hero. I want to open one of our podcasts with that because <laughs> probably P- I might re-edit Pedia Four and yeah. put that at the beginning. That'd be, That'd be sweet. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, there was I mean there was strobing effect. Yeah, there wasn't that much. Yeah, I just thought it was going to be like a lot more. It was a yeah. lot of black and white, I guess, maybe. For they're sure. There's checking the list. Um, all right, so we start off with the uh, title screen, which is probably the most basic title screen we've got. You know, just Watchmen on the screen. Some smoke goes past. The uh, font turns purple. And we open with the interrogation uh, with two cops, two, like, wise guy cops. <laughs> I thought they were, classic like... Classic wise guys. Yeah, yeah, classic wise guys. <laughs> Uh, one guy only says two words type deal um, and a hooded justice, um, which immediately when like after a few lines, I think I said out loud like, oh, yeah, this is the TV show, like mm. within the TV show. Yeah, because it was very like it's very written in 
I, I want to say like a Zack Snyder type of way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and That's I, funny because he looks like Superman, basically. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's like, I'm pretty sure they're just throwing shots at that guy. <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck what you did with the series. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that could be. I hope so. Yeah, that'll be cool. You know? Um, there's a huge thing online, speaking of Zack Snyder, of uh, the hashtag release the Snyder cut. Are you hip with that? No. So apparently, Justice League has like a dark Snyder cut. That uh, the studio, I am like, hip with ripped. that. They reshot like half the film. Yeah. They rebranded the entire film around the Joker character. Hmm. Who is not going to start learning that the Joker isn't going to keep printing money? Oh, no, no, no. You're talking about Suicide Squad. On Justice uh, League, the like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, that exists too. Suicide no, that totally cut. exists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know the Dark Snyder. I don't know about that, but I bet it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's been a huge push. There's like a petition that has been signed, and like it's like a trending hashtag, whatever that means in today's world. You know, <laughs> DC needs to forget Marvel exists. Totally. That's how you win. Yeah, and I think like Watchmen is doing that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully they like continue. I think with this Watchmen, I think more people are just going to give Watchmen HBO, but it is a DC thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with them having this under their belt and this new Birds of Prey movie that's about to come out, um, with Margot Robbie, finally, you know what I'm saying? Are they going to drop movie, the ball on that? I hope not, because she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, I hope they do that right. It seems to be, I mean, it's bright colors and stuff. They're going more on the Shazam color palette, I suppose. No more dark, uh, <laughs> no more dark universe for them. We gotta stay away from Zack Snyder. <laughs> totally. All right, so jump back in the episode. Um, so within this interrogation scene, um, the cops want to take a picture of this uh, fake hooded justice face, uh, and they bring up Director Hoover, who ends up being uh, President Hoover. His like sexual myths, and I actually remember like hearing something about that. I like can't remember what bar. they said in the episode. They said, um, I do remember hearing it. They said that Captain Metropolis had videotapes. And the one wise guy cops is like, and in those tapes, Director Hoover is not seen. He is not seen doing like sexual acts or, you know, such and such. Um, but that's a real life thing. People thought Director. I remember listening to, to I want to say it was a Howard Stern, as weird as this is. But it was on like satellite radio when I yeah. first got it, and they had like potentially a transgender prostitute. I might be going too far with that, but a prostitute of sorts. I think uh, it was transgender, or they were gay. Okay, I can't remember. But they're they were from Washington D.C. and they didn't say anyone, but they're like basically like you would be floored if you could see my client list. Wow, like top army generals. Like, damn. <laughs> total real thing yeah not yeah, not yeah. a thing yeah yeah motherfuckers are getting paid <laughs> yeah 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 so shout out, a little head nod to that yeah yeah shout out to uh, that reference that real world reference um so after the director hoover reference uh they get into um they convince him this fake hooded justice to expose himself um and like you said he looks like superman uh essentially even with the curl in the front and then he proceeds to beat up the two cops. Um, it's a very like Snyder look type deal. That fight scene, like slow motion everywhere. Uh, you know, guys getting punched in the face. And then we fade out, realize it's a TV inside the uh, precinct. Agent Blake walks past with their 
more Bruce Willis shit, man. Just his <laughs> first lines, turn that shit off. <laughs> walks into the walks into the cell, doesn't answer anybody else who's like asking her questions. Um and we get to see Angela for the first time in the episode. She is inside a um the precinct jail cell, uh kind of basic gray, but immediately when we see her, that's when the like the title sneaks on screen yeah. and that wall behind her. Yeah. Dude. And that was killer. Yeah. yeah I think that was uh, the second thing we said out of the whole time in the same room was Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a hot one. Jeez. Shout out. Uh, Who's doing the titles? I don't know, man. But shout out to them. I don't really have anything to give you, but if you hear this and tweet us, we'll do something. Hey. I don't know what. Don't How about know. an interview with the title person? I'm down with that. That'd be an exclusive. Dude calling the title person calling the title people the title people and the editors we would love to do a podcast episode just centered on you guys no one talks about like no the unsung heroes that's a great idea like it's weird that we're having this right now in the podcast but we basically just had an idea like let's like especially when the season ends let's try to contact those people yeah let's Dude, i'm totally down to with say. that that's a cool fucking yeah idea. yeah doodle that at the top next to totally save totally. six pack, right? <laughs> That's that's brainstorming on the cusp, but that's For a good sure. idea because I want to hear podcast. from those people. Most definitely, no one's talking about them, and it's like I think we have such a appreciation because we're like amateur filmmakers who like put on a bunch of hats. Yeah, and I don't think either either one of us are like the greatest. I editors. think they're the people who would shut us down too. Like I want to hear a guy be like, "You guys are idiots." Yeah, I hope that's the cool. case. Like I want to like learn. Totally, dude, this was a really good idea. Yeah, it's like, dude, if you got a job at HBO, I'll listen to you. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> What am I doing wrong? <laughs> right. How are how is this podcast asshole? Yeah, what's going on? Title guy's been getting nothing but love, so I don't want any shit from you, but For sure. <laughs> yeah. We I don't think we've said one bad thing yeah. about the title if guy. If you say anything <laughs> bad about me, title guy. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not welcome back. Yeah, not at No, all. but let's let's approach people after the season so we don't have to do spoiler alerts or anything, you know, with them. Like have to worry about that kind of shit and that's a good idea. Hell yeah. All right. That is written down. You guys hear that? Nice. That's another podcast. Oh, I can't tell if it's registered, but you can hear the clock. I have my watch on. I've been waiting to do a podcast with my watch on because it ticks. With these, <laughs> hell yeah! Wow, <laughs> it's so profound when you put it to your ear. Um, all right. So this uh, this title, Jesus, it's right behind Angela. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's beautiful. I might have to cut the title. Um. So then, this is this is the worst part of the episode to me. Fucking Agent Blake <laughs> goes in to say, like, do you know how nostalgia works? And then essentially list everything that we went through on the PDPedia podcast, which is like, I got a bad taste in my mouth about that. First PDPedia, not to get into it, but first PDPedia is basically the reverse of that, where it's what happened in the episode. Yeah. Like, I watched it. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to. Yeah. I know hooded justice. I don't want to see your letter to people. I know hooded justice is fucking. Um, Dude, I think HBO is like that was like a big shit on people who have like taken the time. I guess assholes like us who have taken the time to read the PDPs and are great listeners. Is that our response to you guys not doing anything about PDPedia? Is you're gonna? I mean, that's no, bullshit. I think it they is. can't change the I mean, show. But no, I think they they realize at some point that they were never bringing up PDPedia in the show. So, like, they had to reveal some of that in the video, and they did it in the worst way possible. I'm interested to hear if Pedia was an afterthought. 
That could be bad. Yeah, I wonder. That might That's be a bold statement to think. I don't no, think. No, I don't think so. You don't though. think so? You yeah, think they had the Pedipedias? I mean, maybe dude, that was like the maybe first that was three like episodes. You needed to read the Pedipedias to even get some backstory. Like, I think the first three files were very relevant to like what was happening in this show. I agree because our talks have been getting worse. Like, we almost don't have to read them to talk yeah. about them at this point. You know, or, like the first ones, like because I remember the second one specifically. I was in Miami and didn't get to read a ton of that one, and you had to like lead that whole thing because it was fucking so deep. Yeah, it was, it was like I lot. couldn't even like sit here and fluff through it. <laughs> yeah, and now they're. I think the pull. I think they pulled the plug on it at some point in production, but now they're just kind of left in this like space. So you get Agent Blake, who who says everything, <laughs> like she basically gave the whole pamphlet out. Um, uh, what are what are her exact words? I think I've written some down. Uh, Agent inside the cell. Do you know how nostalgia works? Um, she says a bunch of things like, "Oh yeah, it's people's memories." She even says, "People have to go get a scan, and then they're putting tablets." And yeah. then, then you eat them. It's like, what is this? Who talks like that? Who would say all yeah. of that in such a situation? That happens in... They talk about that in Pedipedia this week. Yeah. They're just trying to Pedipedia her. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm that not was a whole Pedipedia on there. I don't like Agent Blake either. That was the worst episode, too, Dude. if I recall. Was she episode three? Yeah. Uh, worst episode. Was wor- She's like the annoying fucking person her, I don't want to talk to. And uh, we're not talking about the actress. I no, can't even I think mean, of her yeah, name. Yeah. But fucking the way she's written, the way Agent Blake the the classic silk specter you know she was in the comics <laughs> it's like give her some respect they talk <laughs> about her being silk specter too in the pedipedias totally and they bring it up you know once or twice in i think it's it's episode three yeah 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 uh Petey actually says it fucking uh all right Where's so Petey been has he even been in the last two episodes i haven't no when were they at lady trues was it episode four i think so yeah, yeah, because episode five was Looking Glass. Oh yeah, yeah. So we haven't seen Petey in a minute. No, he was on the next week episode preview. Nice. They showed a clip of him. I don't remember that. Especially looking out for Agent. Speaking of Agent Pete, last night right after the show ends, Agent Petey himself, Dustin Ingram, likes two more of our tweets. So He's, is he following us? Have you checked? He hasn't followed us yet, Ooh. but I think he wants to pull the plug. So Petey. Let me talk to you. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ingram, let me talk to you. Button. There's a big old button on... Uh, Let's do some business. Let's do some do work. You think he, what hashtags are you using? Uh, PDpedia. And I tagged him in one... I tagged him in the original post that caught his attention. But last night, it was, I didn't... I mean, I haven't said anything since. So I'm not like... I'm, I'm well, he's searching hashtags. He's not following us. So he's got to nah. be searching whatever hashtag you're using. I mean, you might as well give us a follow. And if you're listening, you like train spotting? I got a movie something like it. You could be the star of it. You like train <laughs> Let's do it. Give Let's do it up. Train, train hoppers. <laughs> it's a, a great movie. Yeah, dude. I uh, think he's following the P2PD hashtag, so. Hopefully he's listening in. Hopefully he's not just randomly liking. I think he's just following. He's probably just checking Pedipedia because that's like his thing. I mean, that's his. And yeah. He, I mean, he understands that and he's probably just. Yeah, he doesn't have the biggest role in the show, but that's his. Yeah. I, I would be happy with it. Shit. Who's your agent? <laughs> All right. Is there anybody out there? <laughs> um... So she goes in to everything on the pamphlet to Angela right before Angela starts tripping face. Angela fades into a coma. Um, in the first shot, we are at a uh, cop graduation in 1938 uh, at a all white academy somewhere in New York. Um, I can't I didn't have time to look up the um, 
the man who played young Will, but shout out to him. His mm-hmm. acting throughout the episode was so yeah. strong. Oh yeah. Um yeah, sorry I couldn't look up your name, man. I'm gonna really shout you out. Really great example is like a young black actor. Like, That's definitely playing a really solid role. Yeah, I wonder where they found very him. like diverse role too. You know that oh, like, yeah. led him into like a lot of growth shit. in that episode. Like you basically had to have a movie's worth of growth in that episode. Yeah. And I think he hit all the markers. Most definitely. Let's tag him in this so he likes us. Yeah, because he's got to be. No, he's awesome. PD ain't gonna follow us. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. We're going to deep dive uh, this episode 30 times. Yeah. No, I was kidding. Uh, but we get the first reveal of a uh, young Will who is uh, taking place in that graduation. Um, there is a uh, white cop who is given a gradu- graduation kind of announcement. Then he goes on to shake uh, everyone's hand in line. Um, but he skips over young Will. Uh, that is our first hint of the racism that is to come in this episode. But that um, was the first like great piece of like how real it was gonna be oh yeah totally like that was when i knew like it, all right they're writing it yeah you know they're like, going for it because that's real one. yeah and that's like what i think this episode lied so much on. i was like real shit definitely you know yeah um so after after he skipped over uh by i, I guess he would be the chief then the uh i guess to put in terms the lieutenant who was a who's a black cop uh, comes up to young Will, shakes his hand, but as he's shaking his hand, he whispers in his ear, "Beware of the Cyclops." And then goes. I want to take one second because we haven't talked about this last episode, but that eye that was on that document oh, in yeah. the Wikipedia, which was then on like the wall, two. which was then on the wall in, in Looking Glass episode when he walked in the mall, and that's that's the Cyclops eye, Dude, which is totally. basically the clan. But Definitely. I realized like we didn't even talk about that. No, last time. Um, I don't think I didn't catch it on the first viewing. On the second one, I did see it, um, but it wasn't as like it wasn't so so stuck out that you know I, I immediately thought like, oh, I yeah. immediately linked to it because I remember from the document because I remember bringing up in Pedia too like totally. when we see that eye again yeah. yeah yeah do you think the Cyclops is something different than the Clan goes back into the the senator talking about how the like are they just using the racist Clan people as like a Oh, like, like a low level mask. Like there's a higher order to the yeah, Cyclops. Like, huh. Because, like, even in today, let's like think about today's shit. It's like if you put the clan out there, like everyone's going to get pissed. For sure. There's no one who's just going to not get pissed about that. But Definitely. it could be like a great hide to, to somebody di- greater. Real diabolical shit happening yeah. at like a high level because everyone's focused on like these easy targets. Definitely. No, I, I really think it is a higher level because. The letter that we're referring to in PDPedia file two, uh, check us out. That was us four or five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that episode, we talk about how that letter was from a, a senator down to Judd's uh, grandfather or father. Right. So there is a definitely higher level than like your average derpy derp clan man. Yeah. yeah. And we know Judd is a a clan member ish now um but they also say i say ish because they say in four that he had to do like what was that's like the same thing with the senator like they had to take this role with these clan people to like achieve a higher thing yeah uh there's definitely like a higher conspiracy they uh but the bottom level is you know the derps way to ruin the whole show an actual cyclops that would be terrible. Wow. <laughs> like, if all this yeah. builds, like, a real Cyclops. No. That'd, uh, that'd be shit. Put Adrian on the moon and call him. <laughs> <season. laughs> 
yeah we won't be talking about season two at all um all right so <laughs> we've made several threats against this <laughs> as if they give a shit don't you dare us you do this again we're not coming back we won't come back and do this podcast promise hbo sitting on litho's floor <laughs> not doing it <laughs> refuse, refuse. <laughs> good soup brewing in the other room it smells like starting to smell great dude the soup it's been soup vember to take a side thing into personal health i hope you guys are taking care of yourselves because all during november uh me and my girlfriend have been making soups Dude, they're so easy to make and they're so good. I might initiate soup te- like December, <laughs> soup December, because then I could get everyone who's just getting hip to do it for a month. So yeah, we can just get more totally. productivity. So soup, soup Vember, soup Vember, and soup Simber, soup Simber, <laughs> soup Simber. It sounds like I have like a speech impediment. <laughs> soup Simber. Yeah. Um. So I got some soups going on in the background, just to let you guys know what's dupe? happening here. What about dupe? D e o u p instead of soup. I like can put a soup in instead of putting soup in front in December at the end, you put December in the front and soup at the end. So it'd be like dupe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to work on that name. <laughs> All right. Well, we're eating soup in December. <laughs> All December. Make your homemade soups. All you need is vegetables and bouillon I'm cubes. Du- I'm duping y'all. <laughs> I'm just duping. <laughs> I feel like you be make. I feel like if I'm duping, I'm making dumplings. Yes. Like dropping them in the in the thing. Like I'm duping. I'm duping right now. What do you want? I'm duping. Cool, I gotta to call you back. All right. Get back to the episode. All right. In the episode, we are. At the uh, Beware of the Cyclops, and then we get a transition into uh, Young Will at the bar with June, a lovely young lady who is, uh, within her conversation, we found out she's a reporter. That's why she was at the graduation, um, because the paper would think that putting the news out that a black man had joined the police force would be a big thing. She keeps referring to him as uh, officer, which like kind of ticks him off a bit. Mm Um, and then he gets into like, yo, just say what's on your mind. I know what you're thinking. Uh, I joined the enemy. I'm a cop now. Uh, you know, all along those lines, uh, she kind of fades back a bit, but he gets like really real with her. Um, city joined, um, you know, to kind of make a difference for his community. At least that's what he's trying um and then she goes in to say how he's just an angry man she's really more scared that they gave him a gun and a uh a bat essentially or baton um because he's super angry um and then we get a couple shots of uh young will's memories from the pilot uh episode some of those shots of the what uh, tulsa what do you think about those since we talked about not liking like we definitely ripped them up last week <sighs> And I, I thought it was happening again a little bit. Like, a part of it was no, like... Yeah, I think I know these, it's you. Yeah. I know. So, these shots, I think there were... If it happened five times, I liked... Yeah, two. they weren't totally out of line, but yeah, I just wanted to say that again. No, totally. Because uh, we were, like, giving them hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think they were more random last time, where, like... They were so current. I guess you maybe needed them a little bit in this. Maybe. Yeah. If you didn't make the connection that young Will was old Will, I suppose. Um, But yeah. Uh, So after the bar, um, we get uh, 
shots there's a right before he leaves the bar or there's a transition out we get our first kind of colored background character and i and i say colored so it's like a, it was like in color mm-hmm. type of deal and i realized like that was going to be a thing throughout the episode which i really liked yeah uh, because this is very like noir black and white classic um and it brought a lot of attention to like what was happening deeper into this into the scene yeah i know there was one time we were like that transition was crazy yeah i think even like kellen was like well that was crazy <laughs> yeah they like they definitely did it up on the transition side uh this episode um so we're in my notes yeah we get we get william on the uh night stroll after the bar and all these transitions are so smooth um Jeez, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna bring those up a lot because I think I have a decent amount of notes later in the episode about those. But I don't want. Man. Are you at your Birdman notes yet? Uh, not uh, yet, but we could totally bring it in. I just also a thing we didn't talk about with the Birdman is like how they did the the around the table, yeah. shots. I think that's a fucking awesome way. I think that's a, such a good way to shoot a dialogue scene at the table. Like the over totally. the shoulder is a classic. Um, no, but, but it gives you that. It's it's like a, the like a new wave style. Cause it's still very. Noir. I liked how they held. Like yeah. Birdman was really constant movement, and it was like they would come around the table and they'd hold it right there, and then they'd For spin like around minutes, back, and then they'd totally. hold it. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, the way they, the way they were able to mix those styles, because I have a couple, I have a couple notes of like some great one shot scenes mm. that were super Birdman esque, but those were like very small compared to the classic noir steady shot yeah you know it was that's what like like i said like to combine birdman noir was like a different level for me of like that's almost like what i wanted to achieve as like a filmmaker yeah 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 Yeah. and seeing those things on screen that are you know able to broaden you know assholes like us film snobs (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) to broaden our horizons on like what's really possible that's always and it gave us the confidence shooting. to do those things, totally. you know, because it's like this is a well-renowned show that's on a, a big network, and it's like that's what these like television things on streaming serve or streaming or whatever they're called now series, yeah, has done is like brought back good cinema and good storytelling for sure. <laughs> you know, and maybe our attention span isn't long enough to maintain that in a movie anymore. Maybe movies are going to become more like talk wrestling again like your wrestlemania is like going to see movies like right. going to see wrestlemania it's going to see the big show it's going to see the like the all those are like the bells and the whistles but totally like, to get of like a series of a weekly show a character build really understanding like the depth of it it's like series has kind of been bringing that back totally and i really think i think the motto of um you know once a week you get an episode it's gonna come back mm. i be uh because i think there's i don't know the ratings but it seems like this show has been a success. Netflix, I think, is the well. I want to say Hulu too. Maybe Amazon Prime. Well, Hulu has a contract with cable companies. Yes, and they get new episodes. But they do drop new series. Like, does Handmade Tales come out? That doesn't come out on TV. No, but I think it drops at once. Yeah, same. I think Disney and HBO, and other than Hulu's TV contract thing, I think they're the only ones dropping at a time like at a day yeah disney is dropping we talked about this we talked about this on the podcast but then concluded it off the podcast of disney now drops morning of which is a great idea we did talk about that i think that was it on the podcast we talked about 
something to do with streaming with it. I texted you about this. So For I sure. know we didn't talk about that on the podcast. No, but, but that's like a Mandalorian good idea. drops at like I don't know. I gotta see when it drops. I'm curious. But if it, it gives drops you the whole day to watch it at your leisure. Yeah, like I can wake up and watch the Mandalorian or yeah. whatever else they got going on. They like like if I was working, if I had to work third shift, I wouldn't be able to watch Watchmen, like on Sunday night, mm-hmm. you know. But if they dropped it, you know, it's Sunday morning and you just do whatever you want with it. I think that's a, I think that's a better model, um, strictly just based on like viewership and I think how that's people just watch Disney things. Hybriding now. the best model. Because it's like it's the day drop, but it's also you still got your time. Yeah. Because it's like a lot of people might not sit there till nine. There's been like a week or two where I didn't watch it live. I just watched it like the next morning twice or something. Like, yeah. Or like even late. I don't know. I mean, even Kellen, uh, which is our buddy, who uh, lives with Anthony, he's his roommate. Uh, he had to go to bed. Yeah. He couldn't finish. He it. There was like, like yeah, he gets up super early. I think they. I think. He, there was still like 20, 30 minutes left in the episode. And he I think like generally our attention spans aren't going to stick to like events like that. Like I think they got sports will always keep that, you know, kind of thing. But even sports is like you tune in the same times almost every week. Most definitely. For football at least. I don't think anyone ritualistically watches other sports. No. I mean. I don't want to say no one, but. Well, no, there's that crunch time. Like after, I don't know if I'll catch a game before halftime because I'm not crazy into basketball. You know what I mean? Mm. But after halftime, I'm willing to sit down and watch. Magus' dad actually will not watch a basketball game until the fourth quarter because he personally believes the players don't even start playing till the fourth quarter. I mean, and I was a, like, that's not a bad philosophy. Yeah, for real. Like, for those of you who are television watching. For sure. Um, but HBO, I mean, they do it the best. I yeah. think it's fair to say. Uh, because they had Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which rule that whole week to week space well i mean this isn't the first they've done this before so i don't want to say this but like game of thrones did so well at the time space like kellen would stay up to watch game of thrones yeah so it's like they ran that so good that like they're hoping it happens with other shows but i just don't think it will like i think game of thrones caught that like it was a national phenomenon for sure most definitely it caught on yeah pretty late but once it caught on it caught on so strong yeah like i don't think watchmen's catching on like that for sure um yeah you're probably right about that only i mean yeah 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 never mind <laughs> all right so back in the episode um where are we i need to mark these notes all right so we get this transition uh to william out of the bar on his nightly stroll and he catches this kind of like classic fat mob guy uh, throwing a Molotov cocktail inside a Jewish deli uh, on the corner. Uh, Fred. I just remember something. What? Am I, good? <laughs> I can't talk about it. Um, the guy says his name is Fred. He's kind of giving tons of uh, mouth, straight disrespecting uh, young Will. Uh, he gets cuffed. Uh, Will says that you're under arrest. And the last line right before they go into the police uh, precinct is, I doubt that so. Um, so he takes him to the clerk's desk. He says, you know, he's here to make this arrest. Uh, then another kind of young uh, white cop comes up and uh, Fat Man Fred says that this spook tried to give he tried, he is um, mistaking me. It's a mistaken identity. White cop makes Fred apologize uh, but then leads the man off and said that he's going to make the arrest. Young Will, um, you know, kind of gives protests. He's like, yo, that's my collar. Um, and 
the uh, young white officer gives the symbol that it's very resemble bears much resemblance there's the words uh to uh the white power symbol um and i thought that was like a clever hiding of it um i got to i guess it's more it's more on the minds of people because it's just i think within this year uh just been categorized by the fbi as like a gang symbol um but like i knew about that symbol in like early 2000s you know type deal um so it's a real life thing um it might be on more people's heads now just because of the news within the following year uh but i thought it was like a good hiding of that so he gives this symbol on top of his head that was kind of cyclopsy too yeah yeah it has more like fingers like bunched out um uh, so he gives that symbol, leads the fat man away, and uh, Will just kind of st- <clears throat> kind of stands there, is confused. He doesn't really know uh, what's going on, and then that's when we get the first heavy beats of the Birdman jazz. Oh man, so good! I even thought they were gonna show a guy on the drums like Birdman. That went crazy. <laughs> like straight shout out! If you're gonna do it, shout the man out. Um, so yeah, we get the heavy jazz. Uh, transition into Will walking out of this door that appears just to give some type of like visual context. These doors appear out of nowhere. So he's standing in the precinct and then he turns around and walks out of this door that in real space would be like in the middle of the room. Um, but he walks out those doors into the street. And I actually had a thought of like, this is probably a crazy set that they built like I, it might i'm like really hoping that like hbo that took the time yeah like they mm. took the time to build this continuous set and all this is in one space That'd i mean because cool. it's i was looking at the editing on second watch and it's easy to pull off that they didn't and they just went location to location but i would like to see some behind the scenes type deal yeah because that would be it, great maybe. yeah totally because that means you know there's a hundred people who's working on it this on the seconds you know what i mean like as soon as he turns around we need to wheel this in this needs to get wheeled out mm-hmm. and, you know just like all the exciting stuff that happens on movie sets <laughs> um yeah so we get this transition he's walking out to the street um he says something to the classic newsstand guy who is i couldn't tell by his accent but he's like a foreign man um kind of broken english um uh, which i thought I was really trying to get down his accent because I wanted to see if it like was a callback to something, but wasn't able to get that down. But the uh, news clerk is reading Action Comic number one, uh, which is a great shout out to um, they don't outright say Superman, but you like barely see the cover. Um, then the news clerk goes in to say how um, it's about a kid who was shipped away right before his parents died. And then that's when we get some of the flashbacks. To episode one, which I think that's one of the flashes yeah. I didn't care for. Even just including that dialogue in the show is already like, you're stretching. But yeah. like that could have been, not, not even that they were stretching, but to show it, like we get it. Yeah, we get it. You I know. Who... Like I saw it. I seen it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's one of the bad ones. Well, we get those shots. Um, after that, that is uh, where he goes. He turns right back around into this same kind of nowhere door uh and he's right back in the precinct 
because he had seen that Fred was out uh, of jail when he was talking to the news clerk. Uh, so at the uh, inside the precinct now, you know, he's he's like, pissed. he's yelling at the clerk. He's like, yo, you let him go. Uh, you know, what's going on type of deal. The clerk um, kind of blows him off at first, but then after a few lines kind of gets in his face and he's like, dude, just let it go. Please go home. You know, I'm doing this for your safety uh, type of deal. So then Will turns right back around. And I think all this, this might have, I mean, if if it was a set, this is one shot, which is impressive. I think that's why I wanted to be in set. I just want to be impressed. Um, but right back through the doors, um, we get the heavy jazz again. And it's a class, they, they transition to a, a tonight. Um, and we get the classic New York shot with the train overhead. You know, he's walking down. Uh, fucking, he might be even jiggling his keys. That's how classic it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, train going overhead, jazz playing hard. Um, but he's walking down the street after his, it might be his day off or after his shift. Uh, and then a car full of white cops uh, come up to Will and they're like, yo, let us give you a ride. Will's like, no. They're like, hey, um you want to go get a beer you know will's like no i'm not on it i don't want to fuck with you guys uh he says i will see you guys later and they roll off and we get this um it's essentially a flashback of will but as soon as they pull off there's two dead dragging bodies um similar to what we've seen in the uh pilot episode you know of the uh massacre and the blood the blood is so bright red Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good shot. Yeah, I did too. Th- those were not in that reality of dream, right? That was like a mesh of two memories. Yeah, okay. totally. So, I thought. Um, so after that, um, young Will, you know, continues his stroll, turns down the alleyway on his way to the house, um, and that is when the cop car uh, pulls back inside of the alley. The cops get out and they're like, "Yo, we actually can't wait till later." And they start beating the hell out of young Will. Um, they, uh, you know, kick him in the face, beat him with the batons. And then they start dragging him. There's a cool transition. Uh, I think the camera fades or goes directly into Will's body. And then there's like a two frames of black. And then the transition is to them. Uh, the police dragging Will uh, to this tree uh, out in the middle of nowhere, which looks like the Tulsa tree. Um Dragged him out, put a bag over his head, put a noose around his neck. Um, and this is that like strong visceral scene we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Um, they really get deep into it. They really show you. And there's... Could that have been his grandfather? The white guy? Jed's. Dude, I was thinking that. That's really, like, they didn't, like, give it. Uh, I gotta rewatch it. I want to look at his name tag. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, he could have, like, been a private or something. Like a. He was young. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he wouldn't He's have like been beginning. like a sheriff at the time. Like when did that letter come in? We'd have to go back to Pedipedia and look. Right. But that could have been him, which would explain why he had him hang himself in the same tree. Totally. Cuz I mean the tree Here's the thing with that cuz here's the thing with that. So that tree is in Tulsa. He's a New York cop. Uh so I think it's I think it's more on like just the visual. Yeah, it's I probably suppose. not the actual tree, but it still could be the no, you're wrong. I'm wrong. No, it, I mean it could be. But if they're, it could yeah, be his grandfather. But his grandfather's probably from Tulsa. 
Yeah, it might be. Um, shit, yeah. I forgot. I don't know. It took place in New York. Yeah, no, I had that same thought because yeah. when I seen the tree, I was like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. But they're in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, but so they um you know put the bag over his head, put a noose around his neck. They start to hang young Will, and we get this POV shot that really stays on um, through the uh, through the mask or the through the hood that they put on his head. Um, it's all a POV shot, and we get him hanging. We get to hear his breath kind of slowing uh, from more panic to um, you know dying. And right before he passes out, they cut him down, uh, tear the bag off his head. Uh, the young white cop looks in his face, and he says keep your what's i have it written down keep your black nose out of white people's business out of what out of white folks business um and that shot is on the young white officer and as soon as they cut back to what would be will that's the first time we see angela mm-hmm. in will's body which i thought was like carefully done yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't show her too much which i liked yeah because they, they could have overdid it totally they told they and gave I think that guy her to be him the whole time would have been stupid yeah. i wouldn't have liked that it would have been too much like in your face like i get it you know that's she's experiencing it's his almost memories. like in that scene it's reminding you that she's there totally because you kind of like are like oh you're like already yeah. caught in it you're already like feeling your own way and then it's like imagine actually like taking that pill and feeling that right and like being there that's yeah. kind of what that shot reminded me of. i think that was the probably the best one because mm-hmm. uh, they do it they might do it like six times throughout the episode but it's you know again it's very careful uh but this might have been the best one so as soon as we cut back to what would be will we actually see angela with the noose around her neck uh bleeding bruised up um hands tied um I forget how they do this transition, but the next shot is uh, Will walking home after uh, his attack. He has the uh, noose around his neck, and that's when that's when I really knew that your call was real. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Has the noose around his neck, has the cut rope still around uh, both his wrists, uh, walking in that same alleyway or something similar to it. Uh, and sees a young couple getting robbed by, I think it's three, three thugs. Thug one, thug two, and thug three. And thug three, yeah. Shout out to those guys. They probably got a fat check uh, on the actor side. Um, Will, that's we get some heavy jazz. Will is, he's filled up with anger. He's pissed. Um, you know, as anyone would be. So he puts on the hood and pursues to uh, beat the shit out of these three thugs thug one goes down pretty quick thug two puts up a fight thug three is uh giving the money shot i suppose uh so the young couple fit they think will uh but he's hooded up you know no one can see his face um and you know they run off uh then they're cut back into the house cut to will's house uh where he you know runs into his wife june uh, she gives a soft embrace. He gives a great line of like, you know, now I'm angry type of deal. Um, now I'm kind of like outright angry. Um, and then the camera goes to the window and they do a classic day to night transition. Um, it's very yeah, short. So Birdman too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so within that transition, it turns in the day. Uh, Will wakes up on the couch. Uh, and June comes into the room, says that he's in the paper, 
And then she asks, why did you put on the hood? He says, I don't know. She immediately knows and tells him to talk about his favorite movie, which is Trust in the Law. The first visuals of the entire series, uh, the old classic black and white movie um, that we had seen. Um, and that shot, here's another another thing that I'm really hoping. I think I. it looks like they did it practically. Like they moved the, the uh, living room wall back and put a projector on it. That's what I initially yeah. thought. It looks it looks like it's done practically. I guess it could I be I think special. this had to have some practical. It was too not too smooth to be practical, but I think there was like a mix of both. Yeah. We would come to find out. Totally. Um, great effect. Uh, but they start showing bits of that movie as he's talking about it. Um, that's one of the callback moments. I didn't mind because it was the zone shot. Um, and it was like done well, mm-hmm. you know. Um so right after right after that uh june is seen putting makeup all over will's face and goes into telling him that you know for him to remain a hero she says that you're not going to get justice with the badge and him having on the hood you know essentially could be his way of getting justice but she also says that those people need to think that you're a white man um for you to get to be able to do, do this so she's putting on this makeup um, around his face in the classic kind of mask style. Um, I thought that was an interesting, like visual, like yeah, white mask. Totally, like especially because like in the black. black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, I bet the makeup they had to use was very like they had to like do some do some research on what yeah. makeup really popped. Yeah, especially when they knew they were going black and white. Totally. Um, but they're putting on, uh, well, she's putting on the makeup, uh, and then there's a transition to um, the costume that she actually made. There's a shot earlier in the house where she's sitting by like a uh, a sewing machine, mm-hmm. and like I caught it on second viewing, and then once they showed the outfit, it was like, oh damn, she made that. Like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Full costume, um, stitched up by Mrs. June. Um, with the noose around its neck. Um, then there's, then it fades into um, now hooded justice, uh, Will, standing on top of a rooftop, looking through binoculars. He says, "The first guy, I guess this is kind of voiceover. I can't remember how they did this. I don't know if he's writing in a journal or what, but there's." He starts to become like a narrator. Yeah, for he's like a monologuing, some covering some more time. Yeah, totally. Um, so he's given this monologue. Uh, within that monologue, he says that he wants to take down, you know, the fat dude Fred uh, first. Um, sees that these guys are walking inside of a warehouse. Um, three of them being cops, two at the end. Um, so he knocks on the door, busts in. Uh, come to find out that all these people have changed into their Klansmen outfits um, and Hooded Justice goes into beating the hell out of them. Yep. <laughs> and that was Simple all. clan whooping. Yeah, yeah. Beating the hell one out. One shot. <laughs> totally one, one shot. One shot. One Dude, clan. What's the deal? That was a good fight scene because uh, it was very real. You know, they got some hits in, you know, as they would. Mm-hmm. Um, there was even this part, at the, I think at the very end, the guy jumps on the back and he like falls back and they like both kind of like stumble to get up and he's like trying to fix his hood. 
I mean, no, yeah. his cape. <laughs> I thought they balanced him like being a superhero and like being a human very well. Yeah, yeah not yeah. too much. Totally. Um, yeah, he's not like he doesn't have extraordinary powers or whatever. He's just like a yeah, guy, but he's pumped up. Totally, totally. Um, so after that one shot fight scene, um, Will walks over, starts checking out the place, and then we he see this he sees this map. Um, I have in quotations PDPDF file two. Uh, you guys can listen to that at your willing. Um, and on this map, there are a bunch of cities. And on uh, when I was watching it the second time, I stopped everything, wrote them down to their Portsmouth, uh, Boston, New York City, New York City, uh, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Williamsburg, Cincinnati, Richmond, Norfolk, Middleton, Cleveland, and Atlantic City. Damn. Um, yeah, totally. And all of those at that time were all like heavy uh African American like migrations. Um that's where oh, a lot really? of black people settled, totally. Um all those all those cities are like very early black. Um after like the migration from the south. Um but I thought those were that was a cool like like when we when I was over your house watching it the first time, I knew that when I watched it the second time, I'm about to write those names out. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, they only showed it for a little bit. And yeah, he, I was wondering at like first glance, like is this like a bigger plan? Which right. it was in theory, like technically a bigger plan. But. Totally. Um, so then after he looks at the map, he picks up this book that is titled Mes- "Mesmerism for the Masses." Um, as the last clan member gets up after being knocked out, knocks Will into a uh, another part of this warehouse where there is a general store. Um, Hooded Justice knocks the guy out again. The uh, store clerk, or the the guy running the register inside the storefront, uh, gives a great line of like, "Who the fuck are you supposed to be?" <laughs> Which I thought was great. Yeah. Um. Right after that, he pulls out a shotgun. Hooded Justice runs and dives out the window, and that's when we get our first slow motion kind of three D stop shot. Mm. which I thought was done pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was used tastefully. Totally. Definitely a unique style based on what we've already been seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally different from anything we've seen. Yeah, that it wasn't this. That was, like, super modern and motioning. Totally. Um, so time stops, essentially, um, and Angela is suspended in air, uh, only able to act with her eyes, which I thought was a great... Mm-hmm. That was a great, like, fucking emotional kind of drive because well i guess to get into it uh agent blake approaches angela she's like yo can you hear me um she says that you are in a coma but your eyes are wide open and then her bruce willis line is her bruce willis line is it's kind of fucking creepy you know <laughs> like what the who is writing Someone agent watching blake? die hard dude man like uh, she's probably a better actress than this so just stop giving her these lines, please. Your eyes are open. It's complicated. <laughs> That's my Bruce Willis line. Dude. Uh, yeah. Fuck Agent Blake. Fuck her writer. I guess not yeah. her. Get it fixed up. Get it fixed up, please. Every time I see her, I get so mad now. Yeah. She had a, yeah, she should have been a great character. But then Agent Blake's like, uh, uh, here's your husband. He's going to read some things to you. And he goes on to repeat that you are Angela. I am your husband. Uh, we have kids. Could you come home? I need you to wake up. And he says that at least twice. 
before Angela fades back into her coma, uh, which are the memories. And we are inside of his house, uh, Will's house, uh, with June. They're sitting at the table when uh, Nelson Garner knocks on their door. Nelson Garner is uh, the original Captain Metropolis uh, that I guess within the TV show we've seen once on the American Hero Story. Is it that same actor? I don't know. Interesting. That'd be interesting. I doubt it, but yeah, that'd be cool if it was though. Yeah. Um. Damn. But yeah, uh, Captain Metropolis, uh, the young man that we've seen uh, having sex from behind with Will in the American Hero Story. I think that was episode four, maybe. Um. No, that was the Looking Glass episode, episode five. Um. But he sits down at the table. You know, they let him in the house. And he goes on to say that he's here on the behalf of Captain Metropolis, uh, says that um, he is building a team and he would love that team to have hooded justice on it. Um, June, who uh, is playing this whole thing so cool, she's like, well, that Captain Metropolis might actually be you. Nelson kind of brushes it off. Um, and then him and Will kind of get into... Um, you know, just kind of business talk. Will's kind of playing it off like I'm not hooded justice. And then there's a point um, to where uh, Nelson is like, do you have, you know, something you have a plan? Are you tracking anything? Um, and that is when Will says, if you think the KKK is a criminal enterprise, um, then I might have something. So Nelson agrees, slides him his table. Uh, I mean, <laughs> slides him his card on his table. Um, he leaves, uh, after saying, you know, why fight alone when you can have true companionship and they kind of have this tender moment with the eyes. And then he leaves, uh, will turns to June. She says no. And then there's an immediate cut to, uh, Captain Metropolis saying yes, as he is getting railed from behind. I thought that was, by will. I thought it was interesting that they actually had relations. Yeah. It yeah, seemed yeah. like that was just a thing they were adding in the show to make it even more like. Totally. Yeah, they were railing. Yeah, yeah, they were totally, uh, that's totally our gay confirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing came from the Hollis Mason uh, diary that they've brought up a couple times in the PDPedia. Um, and, I mean, even they thought it was kind of hearsay, but Will was, uh, was a bisexual man. And he was having sex with Captain Metropolis in real life. And his wife didn't know. And his wife totally didn't know. That sucks. Scummy. Um, so, as they lay in bed... Um, after having sex, <laughs> uh, they talk. Uh, Captain Metropolis talks about how um, Hooded Justice being on his team legitimizes him, um, which we are going to get into later into the uh, PDPD is a bit more. But that line is very prevalent. Um, and he also says that, you know, the other people on the team can't know your secret. Uh, they're not as tolerant as I am, uh, which goes on to say that no one else on uh, the Minutemen uh, knew that Hooded Justice was a black man. He had to continually put on makeup uh, to act like a white man uh, because the other guys weren't as tolerant, which is some heavy real life shit. Yeah. 
it's like he's right back into it. Yeah. In a weird way. Even though he's want he's being this hero, now yeah. it's like a mandatory. They actually touch on that in the PDPD is in a pretty interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. PDPD episode uh six coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> um so they're laying in bed, you know, it's just tender moment. He says uh those things and then Captain Metropolis uh goes to the cabinet and puts on his mask and he's like, Yo, maybe we can use this for next time. So they have a tender kiss, and it's a quick cut into um, Will kissing June in bed, uh, probably the same night type deal. Um, and June goes on to tell him, like, they don't really care about you. They just want to use you. Uh, they just want to use you for whatever you could do for them, uh, which in a sense is like the hard truth. But Will wasn't trying to hear it, um, you know, kind of denies it. Will, I mean, June goes into this thing which i think was another weird piece of writing where she's like tell me about the first time you saw me and then we get the like we realize we get the reveal that she was the baby that will picked up in the yeah, pilot that's kind of weird that's kind of weird they could have left that out <laughs> How old was, i mean i guess they weren't that different in age but like no but imagine still. like holding someone as a baby and then like, I'm going to marry you. That is a baby. Yeah, totally. That's a little <laughs> weird. Um, I think even from back then. I remember changing your diapers. Yeah, I changed your diapers, Take your girl. pants off, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's creepy. Um, but they get into that only to was say. Was needed? Like, what was the no. point of that? Her, all right, so I think they wanted this line where he says, you know, he's at the end of the story. And he was like, um, you were crying so much. And then she says. Well, make sure I don't cry like that again. And that's the whole point of that segment, which is like you could have done without that line. You could have done without that backstory. She could have been some she could have been anybody. <laughs> like, I didn't need to know who that baby was. I mean, maybe I would have wondered. I thought that first scene at the Academy, that was his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very obvious, not his mom shortly after that. <laughs> but like the way they shoot her in the front row. like Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was weird. And then, uh, she says, I'm pregnant. So maybe that was the whole point of it, but they could have done it in a what lot better way. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Just give me like, and I'm who's pregnant. the baby? <laughs> like, what if that's his sister? Wait, who? Like, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm shooting shit here. Oh. <laughs> like, you don't know the baby that was in that thing was not with what, I mean, I guess you do. No, I mean, there's no like there's the baby could be anything. Yeah, the baby could make it, them lovers. That could have like, been a thing. That could have been a thing in season two, which would have been yeah. That would have been, been a on great board. season. Two yeah, I would have been could, on board. Now you could dive a little more into who that person is. Yeah, I would have. That could have been Will's long lost sister, for all I know, because she was just picked up in a hayfield. Exactly. Like, why would he end up having sex with that baby, and then having a baby with that baby? That's oh, weird. Ah, you were a baby. Now we have a baby. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm changing diapers again. Like two babies over here. <laughs> I got you as a baby. <laughs> the dude's just raising kids. Ugh. Yeah. Weird piece of writing there. But she goes in to say I'm pregnant. Uh, then we get a fade into uh, Will putting on makeup. Uh, he's putting these news clipper, newspaper clippings that we were talking about earlier in the episode. Uh, he puts them in a folder with the um, with the symbol on it. Um, what are they called? I can't even think. <sighs> What are they called again? The silly ass symbol. The cyclops circle. (laughs) The cyclops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say like the squids. The squids. The squids. Um, 
all right, so he puts he puts all these newspaper clippings inside that folder. Uh, then there's a cool transition um, where he walks out of his bedroom right into a public hall space, which, again, could have been a studio thing, hoping it was, uh, where there's a bunch of reporters with the old-timey cameras. Big flashes are going off. Uh, they ask him a question, you know, kind of like, what's your goal uh, with being a superhero? And Will is about to get really real with them. You know, he's hooded justice. He has to make up on no one knows who he is. Uh, but he's holding his documents that he put into that folder. And he's like, I believe there's an insidious plan. Uh, and I have proof that it's by. And that's when Captain Metropolis interrupts him by saying uh, by Moloch the Magnificent. Um, which I thought was clever writing because it ties a lot into like real world biz like not calling KKK and racism fucks out in America. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a production there um, by the government. Uh, at least there was like heavy, you know, back then. Um, what do you think about it in the context of like current real racism and Donald Trump being that bad guy? Totally. You know, the fact that he refused to call it anything you know but yeah but even like, pushing it off to some like because i th- i thought when they said it in this it was like what's the guy's name uh moloch the magnificent like it was almost like oh it's this evil guy's fault like yeah, what if yeah. that was kind of like i mean trump trump said his dumb shit but like what if the like the, it's that's the real like deep racism of the country just being like oh it's donald trump yeah it's not it's not the normal people or the the clan right right i thought that was kind of like if he was just like that pawn of the shit that's really Cause, happening. yeah because even like the make like oh you know it's like no this is totally. like a silly name no pence is and he's in with some like sketchy ass fucking white supremacist shit you know what i mean so it's like that could totally be that could totally be it Lo, look at trump look at that idiot don't pay yeah. attention over here yeah don't what's really here. going it's, on it's donald magnificent trump <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> It's what's Kanye's new name? Billion billionaire genius Christian Kanye West. Yeah, totally. It's him. It's Kanye West. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be the new new fucking story. It's Kanye West. <laughs> um, so Captain Metropolis cuts him off. Um, you know, basically not to expose the KKK uh, to the newspapers. Um, and then at the end, there's this great slogan of like Metropolis of like. We can save you, but also, uh, you could get great savings at like something something yeah. bank. <laughs> and he pulls up the thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and when they pulled up, so they pulled up this like little curtain on this ad, and that was a real life ad, um, of like, I think it's like some like 1940s Jim Crow shit of like the cop, uh, who's kind of dressed up. He has like this black guy, and at the top it says like, don't do business with criminals or something it's something like super racist yeah um but that's like a real life thing because i've seen that picture like before mm-hmm. um so another real world tie-in that they're given to us uh on the on the low um so another great tra- transition uh away from the cameras will walks uh right back into his room where he is back in the mirror Uh, He's, you know, kind of looking at himself defeated and he's taking off his makeup. Um, And then we get honestly one of the better time lapses that I've seen done um, in some years. Um, I don't know if it's fair to call it, you know, the best in some years, but we get a um, 
pregnant June, his wife, she's in the far background kind of typing. She stands up and then you see her pregnant belly. And then she walks behind the wall um, into the doorway of the room and she's holding the baby. And then there's a shot of uh, Will. Again, this is one shot, so it kind of pans over to Will. Comes back around and then she's running down the hallway with a three-year-old. And then right when we turn, pan right back to Will, who's still standing, uh, sitting at the uh, mirror, there's a seven-year-old. All done in one yeah, shot. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy timeline shot. Oh, that, yeah. I think, was one shot. Yeah, totally. Um, they really did it up on this one. Um, shout out to the DP and mm-hmm. the team. This yeah, the whole team has a lot of coordination for Can't sure. Give a total credit to anyone. Yeah, totally. Uh, makeup, wardrobe, all that. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Shout out to the team. Uh, you guys did it up on that one. Um, you know, but Will, uh, with his seven year old at his side, um, he's staring down at you know some more newspaper clippings about uh, the KKK. And the uh, lynching stories that were happening, I forgot what state it was, um, but just cut out uh, pieces of newspaper um, and he places them in the folder. Then there's a transition as uh, Will uh, dressed up in his cop uniform. So he's still working as a cop, um, walking into like this kind of movie massacre uh, type of deal in New York. And this was there's this line that I think it's the most overheaded of the entire episode. So all of these things that we've talked about have happened. And then as he's walking into the theater, um, a white cop turns around and says, uh, we'll ask him. He's like, yo, what's happening or what happened here? Uh, and the white cop says the same thing that always happens when you put a bunch of animals in the same cage. I didn't like this line either, because at this point, you I don't want to say I get it, but I get it. Like, oh, and I uh, think yeah. I think they hit. I'm not even. I don't even think at this point in the episode I'm saying that too late. Like it's not like one thing happened and I'm like, oh, I don't want to see anymore. It was right, like right. they did some really strong shit up to this point. Totally. From showing a first person hanging to him systematically like being fucked twice. Totally. You know, and it's like so to show this scene, it was like yeah, it was. This was the one that was like, all right, guys, you could have pulled that one. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, everything else super strong. Yeah. This is one they could have pulled. Uh, so then the white cop says, uh, you know, Will kind of says nothing after that line. Uh, and then he says, uh, I'm glad you're here because we need one of their own to talk to them, referring to black people. Uh, so Will walks in, uh, kind of burnt down movie theater. Um, this young lady kind of sitting there crying. Uh, he asks what happened. She says, um, you know, it all started when the movie um, started. Um, I started to hear voices type of deal. Uh, then Will walks up and sees the projectionist kind of walking very sneakily <laughs> out of the back of the uh, movie theater. So Will, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah that was a real sneaky walk. He was basically on his tippy toes <laughs> walking out. <laughs> um, so Will follows him outside, uh, realizes that he's getting into this truck uh, with a couple other guys around. He starts to get a bad feeling about it. So then there's a quick cut to uh, Will inside of the phone booth. Uh, and he's calling Captain Metropolis. He's like, yo, I think I know what's going down. I think, um, you know, this whole thing's a big conspiracy. They're using films um, to put black people against black people, um, which in this sense, they're talking. They, they're referring to like mind control. Mm-hmm. But. 
but in another real world another real world thing so back in those times there was this huge push of like black propaganda films that were pushed to the cities that had um you know this growing class of black people and had their own theaters type of deal so heavily black areas um their movie theaters were getting pushed with this like heavy propaganda um from like various distributors but they would get the movies for like free you know what i mean and for a black theater at those times they weren't getting a bunch of movies so everybody would see these movies and they were like very anti-black but shown through like a, the lead star would be a black guy yeah and that's like more pushing towards like that's that's the uncle tom era like there was a movie called uncle tom and that's where that whole thing comes from and that was like a hollywood producer was movie. that one oh, i can't think of the name of it this one movie hmm. it's like calvary people no oh, man it's too blurry it was like a famous kkk movie basically i guess it was maybe a kkk movie probably birth of a nation yeah that was i guess that was not the same thing no but i mean it was more it was like of in like, that timeline yeah totally more of that like heavily white supremacist uh fucking film distribution that was going on uh but within this tv show he goes on to tell uh captain metropolis that they're using mind control um to put black people against black people and then that's when uh, captain metropolis essentially says like this isn't a Minuteman problem um you can go and try to solve civil what does he say you should go try to solve black unrest by yourself um so basically just bails on mr will uh will hangs up the phone angrily he's super pissed turns around and who does he see but fat man fred um (laughs) and fred's making jokes outside of the phone booth um as he's making jokes he's like yo i know what i know what you cops want you guys just want a free steak. Come over to my warehouse. Um, and then uh, Will's like, yo, that's yours? And as soon as uh, Fred turns around, he's making another joke. He's like, yo, I don't know if I know you. All you jigs start to look the same. And that's when Will shoots him in his fucking fat face. Fat face <laughs> shot. And fat face shot. Yeah, right in front of the warehouse. Uh, really good shot of Will uh, taking off his police hat. And I imagine that's the last time he took it off. Yeah. I think that was the point of which he became Hooded Justice and like And I think probably left the minute, man. Totally. Around about. Yeah, yeah. They don't give you a year on that, but Um Yeah. Uh so he throws the hat down as he's walking inside the warehouse, uh, walks in and uh, no time for fighting, Will shoots them all. It's probably like six guys in there. Uh gives them all shots. Um, then the camera kind of pans around and realize, and we get this reveal that he actually put his hood on. Um, I guess it was right after he, uh, took his hat off, but he has his hood on, um, you know, kind of eyes cut out, but he shoots these guys. Um, then he walks into a recording room where a, uh, another young white cop, uh, I don't know if he was a cop. I think he had he a uniform. He kind of looked arm. like the cop actually. Yeah. I think he was the cop. Yeah. I, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, at least they look really similar. Yeah, he, never mind. Scratch my um, whole stupid theory before. <laughs> but he's uh, in the room and he's recording uh, these kind of subconscious thoughts. Uh, these uh, simp- these hymns that he's saying um, that are, I wrote down one, it's kill Negroes uh, and don't hurt any white people. And he's kind of saying this very low as this uh, film goes on in front of him. Um, Will points his gun 
pulls the trigger, doesn't have any more bullets. So he has to strangle the man. And there's this very like cool shot of him strangling them. And then that's when we get the close up of like Will's eyes. And I think that's when he like broke. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I thought that was like very artfully done. Yeah. I like that show a lot. Um, Right after that, we see uh, Will piling up the dead bodies. Uh, then he sets the whole place on fire. Um, and just as a film nerd, I was like, that place probably went up so fast because all that old film. Yeah. <laughs> probably burnt, like, probably a chemical disaster. Dude, <laughs> that place probably blew up. Yeah. He probably couldn't even have really got out of that place. There was so much film. Dude, I swear. <laughs> I died by my own racist propaganda film I was trying to prevent. Yeah. I died with it. Hooded justice. Um... Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, old film is extremely flammable. It's insane. Crazy flammable. Yeah. Uh, so dangerous. Uh, so he stares at the uh, place that's up in flames. Uh, we get to we get to see that he actually took one of the uh, projectors. And then uh, another cool transition. He walks into his house uh, to see that his son is actually putting on makeup. His son looks up at him and he says, I'm like you. And Will, who is uh, crazy wild up from you know, killing about eight guys, um, kind of aggressively grabs his son, uh, pulls him over to the sink, uh, you know, tries to wipe it off his face. He's like, no, you're not going to be like me. That's when June comes over, pushes Will off her son um, and, and gives the line, um, you know, you have to wear the hood because you hate to stand to see what you have become. Kind of referring to uh, the ultra violence mm-hmm. Will. Um, and what he's, you know, really been doing out there on the streets. Um, can't come, can't come home the same person after killing a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, she talks about how he wanted, she thought this would help him cope with the anger, but it actually like. Yeah, fed the beast. Added old film to the fires, they would say. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so she grabs her son. She's like, you know, we're going, we're going back home to Tulsa. Uh, Will says, I can't go back to Tulsa. And she turns around and says, I wasn't talking about you. Boom. Solid cut of Will sitting at the table. Uh, grabs his hooded justice noose. Uh, another cool shot. This couldn't have been done practically, but it was it's pretty cool. There's a he grabs his he grabs his noose off the table, puts it in his lap. The camera pans down to the noose, and then the camera pans back up to old man Will mm-hmm. sitting in the wheelchair. Um, couldn't have been practical, but it looked good. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, um, using the mind control that he learned from the Nazi, totally racist people. Um, he's sitting in his wheelchair right before uh, Judd blows out his tires. Um, end of episode one. We're in that time. At, we're in that time space. Uh, Judd gets out the car. That is when um, old man Will starts flashing. This is where we get the strobing lights um, from the uh, warning at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. The strobing lights hit the screen. Ooh, excuse me. He, uh, this mind control light is uh, used in a way to where, you know, whatever Will says, Chud has to do. So he <laughs> he makes him push him up the hill, <laughs> which had to suck. Yeah. Dude, wheelchairs and, like grass. and grass. Oh, my God. That's a heavy task, man. Yeah. Um, but they made it look good. It's Hollywood. He would have been sweating so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, uh, pushes him up the hill. Um, Will stops flashing the light, you know, kind of looks at Judd. Judd, I think realizes what's going on. He's like, yo, you know, you don't know me, old man. I'm trying to help you fucking people. 
Um, you don't really know what's happening. And then Will kind of gives his old uh, sarcastic look that he's so good at in this series. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know all about you people. And then turns on the strobing light and it's like, well, now you can hang yourself. <laughs> what a Bruce Willis line. Yeah, totally. <laughs> not um, hang yourself. Yeah. Um, so we see uh, shots of Judd putting the uh, rope around the tree and putting the noose around his own neck. And he proceeds to hang himself um, as Will is sitting there. And then we kind of get this. Um, it's like a mashup of a bunch of memories of Will happening at once. Um, there's like characters from Tulsa in this space. His wife's in this space. Some criminals are in this space, like some clans member in the space. And I think the last person is Angela's grandma, which is old June walking up and grabbing Angela out of the chair. And we get the uh, transition into Angela waking up out of a coma. Mm hmm. And, Lady True's house. Lady True. Who's just sitting there reading the paper. As soon as Angela wakes up, she's like, oh, you're up. Super casual, super rich. Super Lady True. Yeah, super Lady True. True to brand. Um, And that is, that's our end of the episode. Angela doesn't say a word. She's sweating. Um, Complete backstory episode. No movement forward. Yeah. In the timeline. Totally. Uh, So we are still, we're still at the end of, uh, well, now we're... Yeah, we're at the end of the uh, Looking Glass episode, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how long she was in the coma. I guess I'll get into that. Yeah, but you got to see what happened to Looking Glass. There's a lot. Of, we got to see what's going on with the senator. Now it's kind of figuring out who the Cavalry is and what this the Cyclops is and what's it all about. What's that, that teleportation? Yeah. You know, and how does Keen fall into that? Mind control. A lot of shit going on. Totally. In the world of the Watchmen getting a little supernatural. Yeah. Um, Again, shout out to uh, shout out to the whole the whole team, whole production team that put that put this episode together. Technically, yeah, this was a really killer one. Yeah, technically it had to be so it was so advanced, uh, looked great. Uh, shout out to the director Stephen Williams or Stephen Williams. Um, it, it always confuses me when Stephen spell their name with a ph. It's it's Stephen, I think. Well, no, I got a buddy Steve who spells his name like that. Because I have a nephew Stephen. Hmm. yeah confusing but shout out to you um great episode um on the next episode kind of uh previews we get uh lady true she injects angela with something else so angela's just been doping uh, (laughs) these last couple days i suppose um ozymandias is sitting in court which do they have time for that Mm. Uh, we'll see i don't think they do I don't think I'm going to like that. As soon as I've seen it, I like roll my eyes. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm so, going to let it have its day. Yeah. Ozymandias in court. Um, Agent Petey. There's like two frames of Agent Petey. I've seen you. Petey. Petey. The boy. The Petey. Shout out to you, man. He, but he discovered something. And then the last shot is Angela banging on uh, what she thinks is Will's door inside Lady True's facility. She busts in. And it looks like she's seen uh, something pretty gruesome. And that's how they ended off. Yeah, I'm ready to get going next week. That was a uh, hot episode. An hour and a half right now. This is the longest episode. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, we've been sitting here. I remember when it was like at 15 minutes. Holy shit, we've been talking That was a deep one. That was a good one. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. They did I'm, it up. I'm ready to see what's happening next. Yeah. It should be hot. Most definitely. 
Um, I uh, actually want to shout out a couple of the folks who have been pretty interactive, man, All on right. the uh, on the Twitter. We said we would do it. Yeah, we have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to. Maybe we leave should start out. shouting people at the beginning. That might be. That might be hot. <laughs> Because now they had to wait the whole time. Yeah. Maybe they tuned out too and they're like, I don't want to listen to them walk through the whole episode. Maybe they just like the beginning. <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to get my shout out. Um, so I know I'm going through this now. Biko Django mm. uh, on Twitter. Shout out to you. A uh, lot of interaction. Um, we've had a few. Shout out to Agent Petey, uh, Dustin Ingram, Mr. Joel Ray. Uh, and these are all just people's like names on here. I don't know your real names. Um, MRB. Yeah. It's been picking up this week. It's been a, been a busy week. We have 11 countries on our anchor. So yeah. Shout out to anyone not in America. Cause that's where we're at. So if you're listening to us overseas. (laughs) Yeah. Shout um, out to you. That's cool. Totally. That makes me happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to get, I want to know everyone listening more. We don't get enough data yet. So for sure. Leave comments, go on our Instagram. You can even send us an email. I don't think we've plugged our email at all. Probably not. All along the watchman at gmail.com. Totally. I'd love to hear a story of you listening to us in another country or something. We'll share it on our social. That'd be awesome. We're getting it going. Yeah. It'll be happening. Yeah, yeah. Check out our um, our Twitter. I mean, not our Twitter, but our Instagram. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's done up. We got some, yeah, got some comment stuff on it. a lot more popping than it was last episode. So head over there. Check and it out. Let us know what's going on. We're going to be posting uh, what we think to be relevant uh, comic panels on there. Uh, I don't know. It's a decent design. It's what Instagram Yeah, I'd for. say go to Twitter if you want to follow what's kind of happening. And then go to Instagram if you want to see some cool shit. And like just have us on. You know, our stories, I think, are relevant. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> i think we can share the audio from these now in the stories because it's on spotify really we should try to do that i'll have to try to do it huh i'm you know that. you can like select songs off spotify i think Maybe yeah not. you can yeah something yeah like yeah that. you can totally add music I'll have to get a good little bite yeah that'd be sweet all right well um i think we just plugged everything but just one more time twitter at along the, all on the watchmen instagram at all on the watchmen at all on the watchmen all along the watchman at gmail.com. Don't have a website. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overwatch. Now Overcast, on Radio Play. Radio Play. Yeah. Or no, public radio. Public radio, radio. Public. Some, I don't know. Something like there's that. There's a lot. We actually <laughs> on a lot now. So just search us all on the Watchman Podcast, Watchman Podcast. Um, see you soon. See yes. Who makes the world? Perhaps the world is not made. Perhaps nothing is made. Perhaps it simply is, has been, will always be there. A clock without a craftsman. This whole situation, it's horrible. The country's disintegrating. What's happened to America? What's happened to the American dream? It came true. You're looking at it. 